Woo, woo, woo. What up, podcast world? Welcome to my new podcast called Show It or Skip It. I'm your host, Mr. Petty. I'm a high school science teacher, and on this show, we watch a Hollywood movie with some science in it, and then we break down what was good, what was bad, what was straight up ugly, and Hollywood magic about it. And at the end, we get, come up with a verdict determining whether it's something you should show in class or you should straight up skip it. I hope you enjoy Today we're breaking down what is quite possibly the most famous weather-related movie of all time. It's the 1996 disaster classic Twister. It's rated PG-13 and its runtime is an hour and 53 minutes. Joe Harding, played by Helen Hunt, and Bill Harding, played by Bill Paxton, they're tornado chasers were also on the verge of divorce. During an outbreak of tornadoes, they try to get their new advanced warning system, Dorothy, off the ground and working, and maybe just accidentally, coincidentally, rekindle their romance. Uh, this movie was the second highest grossing movie of 1996. It's super entertaining. Obviously, the movie has its flaws, science and otherwise, uh, but if you haven't seen it, please go do yourself a favor. Find the biggest screen you can and watch this. Uh, the visuals are great. Uh, one of the early movies to really do a good job combining computer effects as well as traditional special effects. So some iconic scenes like the cows being blown across the road, um, some of the tornado scenes, some of the things being picked up and moved, which are just as awesome today um, as they were when this first came out in 1996. The plot's really straightforward to follow. Um, there's your token love stories, some annoying characters, Obviously, the token dog that needs saving, uh, the token bad guy really doesn't need to be there. Uh, but overall, you, you know, it's an enjoyable two hours, enjoyable movie to watch. Anyway, let's get into the science. Good, 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 good science. Starting off the language and the dialogue used in the film when they talk about wind shears, they talk about the cap breaking, things like that. That's pretty accurate to say. A lot of meteorologists and, and people who study weather have praised the movie for the language and the dialogue that they use, which is really rare for a big budget Hollywood movie about weather. Not going to find a lot of movies like this featuring the same language. The location of the movie. That's pretty accurate as well. It's set in Oklahoma. This is an area that regularly gets tornadoes, part of the country, right? Torn, uh, Twister Alley, Tornado Alley that sees a lot of these. So setting makes sense here. The TV newscaster who's used to show the warnings in the beginning of the movie, his name is Gary England. He was an actual newscaster in Oklahoma uh, where the movie takes place. And the clips they used were actually old news broadcasts of his. The satellite, the GOES satellite shown early on, um, the visual of that ghost satellite, it's a terrible computer graphic. It's aged pretty bad. But the idea they're using that satellite is correct. Um, that's the satellite that NOAA um, had used from 1994 until 2004. Again, the movie took place in 1996. So be accurate they were using that. The Dorothy device, their 
weather system, the new warning system that the main characters are created and are trying to test. This is actually based on a real tool that NOAA was developing in the 1980s. The NOAA version was called Toto. So I think the movie version Dorothy is a play on the Wizard of Oz there. Unfortunately, NOAA never got Toto to work like they do in the movie. Uh, but the idea of how it would work in, in the science behind it is the same as something that NOAA was actually testing. About an hour into the movie, when the tornado comes through with a drive-in movie theater, it shows people's TV screens losing signal um, and starting to get fuzzy. So back before the days of digital television, so back when this movie came out, um, tornadoes were actually known to interfere with the signal of certain cable stations. So that is accurate. Uh, one of the most memorable parts of the movie is the tornado picking up, there are different tornadoes because there's multiple ones shown in the movie, Picking up large objects such as cars, trucks, houses, yes, even cows. Um, tornadoes in real life can do this. They've been known to move large objects. So that was correct. Um, tornadoes have been known to suddenly change course or change direction. And this is accurately shown in the movie, um, especially at the end, kind of the big climactic tornado they have changes course suddenly and it leads to the villain storm trackers. Um, That's how they their perish um, in an explosion caused by the tornado shifting. In 2013, uh, a team of storm chasers working for the Weather, Weather Channel tragically lost their lives in a very similar manner to this. Showing the inside of a tornado, uh, how it's mostly clear except for kind of that small rope of clouds and wind there, um, mostly true. Although larger tornadoes like the one that they show the inside of at the end of the movie would most likely have one, more than one vortex meaning that there'd be multiple openings inside it, almost like multiple rooms inside of that tornado. Bad science. So for all the stuff this movie gets right, there's also a lot of really bad science in there as well. In the first scene, they mentioned that the tornado coming in might be an F5. So Helen Hunt's character, Joe, who when she was a little girl, her father's watching his news broadcast and they, he takes the family down to go hide an underground shelter. He mentions to her, oh, we gotta hide. It's a, a big one coming in F5. This scene's supposed to take place in 1969, the Fujita scale used to um, measure tornadoes, that's where the F comes from in the classification system, was not developed until 1971. So they're using a system that won't actually be used for two years. So that's wrong. Also, the newscaster they show in this scene is using weather radar equipment that was not available until 1973. When they flash forward to present day, so in the beginning of the plot of the main movie, one of the storm chasers notices a green sky forming and they say, oh, green skies means there's going to be a tornado. This is not Correct. Green skies might indicate that a tornado could form, but it's not a sure sign that one will form. Tornadoes are often associated with green skies because strong enough storms to support intense tornadoes usually have lots of hail and rain. Usually green skies just means uh, intense thunderstorms, not necessarily tornadoes. Uh, one of the storm trackers mentions a cone of silence uh, during one of the tornadoes. I think when Joe and Bill are on the, the road and tree comes out and they'd run through a bike or something um, 
And one of the other storm trackers says, oh, this cone of silence. This is something that only shows up on radar. Um, someone actually sitting there watching in person would not notice this. The only reason it shows up on radar is due to the limitations with radar, how radar works and how the storm would pass through. So therefore, you would not be seeing this in person. Another thing that I found annoying in the uh, movie, they kind of had these tornadoes roaring. Um, they, uh, filmmakers actually took a mix of a lion roar and the sound of a camel to get this roar. In reality, tornadoes don't make that sound. Um, during the first tornado, uh, the two main characters, first they drive down a stream, a little stream bed, and then they go and hide under a bridge. So, okay, so getting to a lower point, that makes sense into the stream bed. But hiding under the bridge, quite possibly the worst place you could hide from a tornado because uh, bridges essentially offer no protection. You could still be hit from flying debris. The bridge could still be blown out, could be taken away above you. Um, the storm could blow you out from under the bridge into the storm or the bridge could even collapse on top of you. So not really sure why you'd want to hide in there. Same thing goes for hiding in your car during one of the tornadoes, one of the characters hides in their car. Um, this is not safe because as we said earlier, cars could be moved around like other objects from a tornado. So you're not really safe in that. During the tornado at the drive-in uh, movie, the storm chasers run and hide in this big hangar to take shelter. Taking shelter in a really big open building like a hangar or gymnasium is a bad idea because they offer very little protection from storms like this. Those big open buildings are typically not structurally sound enough to handle wind and debris. They're not built to take large impacts from wind and debris. So would not be a good idea to hide in there. As the character saw, as there was stuff flying around and, and damaged, one of them gets hurt, I think it's hitting the head with a saw blade or something. Um, the villain Jonas, so the evil sort of storm chaser who's their rival. Of course, his team's all in black to let us know that they're evil. Um, at the end of the movie, he doesn't take the hero's advice. They say, hey, the, the tornado's going to change course. He says, no, no, no. He stays his course. The tornado does change course. Um, it sucks him up and his driver. Um, and then it causes an explosion as the, the vehicle comes down the ground. The explosion would not be straight up like that, like they show in the movie. Uh, they show just their standard explosion. It would have the uh, path of the explosion would have been a little different because it would have been sucked into the tornado and dispersed around. Also, uh, with the amount of falling debris that the main characters uh, were exposed to throughout the whole movie, there's very likely that they would have been struck or injured at some point. Uh, there was a bunch of trees that came down here and power poles. Um, parts of farm equipment, uh, other parts of cars, like I said, a bicycle. They drive through a house at one point. Um, according to meteorologists and storm trackers, in real life, they would never take the same risks as shown in the movie. They value their lives a lot more than the characters did in this movie. I mean, again, the whole driving through the house scene looks really cool. It's kind of a cool idea, and it's a really memorable scene, but that would have done a ton of damage to the truck. Uh, there's another scene where they slam on the brakes quick, at like 60 miles an hour, they would have smashed their heads. So definitely would have been injured way more than they show because there's just too much stuff flying around them. So now on to the ugly science. So two, again, two main things that really stuck out that I say is being the ugliest here. The first one, you don't really notice unless you're looking at the science of it here. 
So when they're talking about the Fujita scale, the storm trackers cannot actually tell the category of a tornado just by looking at it or being near it. Yes, with more advanced equipment, you can track the wind speed, but the category of a tornado, so that ranking F1, 2, 3, 4, 5, is given after the fact by the amount of damage that the hurricane or the tornado causes. And again, they accurately say this in the movie that they talk about, oh, they use it based on the damage caused. However, over and over and over again throughout the movie, the characters are able to identify the tornado just by looking at it. The one, I think, Dusty, the Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, character, the kind of the, the crazy uh, eccentric guy, he goes, oh, that's an F2, maybe an F3, it's a beauty. Well, you'd have no idea, you wouldn't know that. And that's something that just scientifically was so wrong, it just really bugged me. And the other huge science mistake, that whole final scene, again, if you're turning your brain off and you're watching it, visually it's awesome, it's exciting, but oh man, there's so much wrong scientifically here. First things first, they're in the truck, they're uh, driving it towards a tornado, they jump out of the truck as it's moving about 50 miles an hour into this cornfield. They don't get hurt, they would get hurt by this. Then the truck continues to drive straight. Bill puts the cruise control on before they jump out. So again, cruise control just controls speed, not the uh, direction of the truck. So chance of it driving straight are unlikely. Uh, they do this so that the tornado can pick up the Dorothy system and get it to work. Um, once they're out of the truck, again, with no injuries, they definitely would have had some sort of injuries. They're running across a cornfield. They're able to outrun this F5 tornado that has wind speeds of anywhere from about 260 to 320 miles an hour. Um, so, so, so unrealistic that they're able to outrun this. The corn in the movie is so much higher um, than it would be in reality when it takes place. They claim the movie takes place in May. You know anything about planting corn. They say knee-high by the 4th of July. So by... May, when this movie is taking place, that's again when usually tornado season is in Oklahoma, the corn would be very low, it'd be below the knee, the ankle kind of shin area. So the six, seven foot corn that they're running through, either, you know, the taking place in the wrong time of year or probably they filmed the movie in September's, that's why that's there. The characters are unable not only to outrun the tornado, but outrun it through a cornfield without getting hurt. Running through all that corn, um, they would have been caught, their clothes would have been ripped and torn. They would not have been able to run that easily across a cornfield like that um, with all the stalks there. Then as the two characters are running, they get out of the cornfield, they're running along a house, uh, this fence comes up and, and as the tornado's winds are coming, they're picking up pieces of the fence uh, post by post and almost picking it up and then shooting it back into this barn and it's like these projectile spikes coming right at the main characters. Yes, stuff would get picked up from the tornado and debris would fall back down to the ground so that part is accurate but it wouldn't be individual post by post of the fence it would have been large sections the tornado would just pick a whole a whole bunch at once and then there's the coup de gras the, the part that I, I just don't don't know how you can watch this and believe it or even come close to believing it so the final scene the tornado uh, the tornado is coming through the two main characters find a well house and they find a pipe there they say the pipe goes 30 feet into the ground and they find some sort of cable uh, some sort of like belt old fan to tie themselves to this pipe okay so they were tied to the pipe uh their bodies would be moving all around in all sorts of directions just like a ball does if like on a tether ball and it's tied to that pole 
the, how fast those winds were moving. Again, about 300 miles an hour would be knocking them all over the place. If those belts holding them were strong enough, which at 300 miles an hour, they probably would have snapped. They, the two main characters, Bill and Joe, would have been blown away. Um, if the belts were ho- strong enough to hold them, there would have been so much debris, they would have been hit by something. Uh, the whole barn went up there. There was uh, all that farm equipment before. They would have been hit by something. So the bottom line is, no way they would have survived this. Um, if they did survive it, they would have been unconscious. They would have been uh, had a concussion, something from all this debris. So super duper Hollywood stuff at play here, showing that you can tie yourself down to a pipe and survive an F5 tornado. Bad movie stuff. So even when we set the science aside, and despite how entertaining this movie is, it is still loaded with tons of bad movie mistakes and movie cliches. First off, in the beginning of the movie, Joe's father goes to hold the storm door down, only to be blown away and sucked up into the tornado. Yet, Joe and her mother were fine, standing only 10 feet away. So why did he even have to go and hold the door shut to begin with? when he would have been fine standing 10 feet away, regardless of if the door blew off or not. Another thing that really annoyed me about this, every single tornado happens to stop abruptly right after it um, gets past the main characters. So they're battling the tornado, it moves right past them, and boom, goes to being a beautiful day again. The tornado stopped moving completely. Chances are at least one, if not all of these tornadoes, would have continued um, their path of destruction beyond the main characters. So, yeah, maybe I believe one or two of those tornadoes stopping, but, like, they showed seven or eight. Not every one would hit the main characters and then, boom, stop. Uh, They showed all sorts of debris coming down in random places, coming from random places. So, yes, as we talked about in the good science section, tornadoes can move materials, but the objects need to be near the tornado or within the path of destruction. So, yeah, that cow scene is super iconic, and tornadoes could move cows, so that's not impossible, But in that scene, the tornadoes are on the water. They're moving down a lake or a river. Um, No idea where the cows come from. They're just kind of randomly flying. So yes, the tornado would move cows, but it would have the cows up be much closer to tornado than they show. Um, Also, there's a couple of scenes where they show like a boat coming from like over some hill. Where'd the boat come from? Where'd that tricycle come from? So yeah, tornadoes will move objects, but they need to be near or within the path of the tornado. They're not just picking up things randomly far away. The truck driving through the house sequence, as I referenced before, it's awesome. Uh, it's really memorable. But the house itself, um, the truck enters um, through a first floor window. It drives upstairs, drives through a bathroom, and it shows the ho- truck also leaving the house on the first floor. Not really sure how that's possible. The whole idea that there's uh, some research groups that are more involved in the money and the glory and other research groups that are more involved in the science, I totally get that, but they go out of their way, the movie goes out of the way to really make the money research team, like the evil bad guys, they're all dressed in black, they're kind of a jerk. Um, I mean, not really sure how much they needed that, those characters in the movie. The the main villain, uh, Carrie Ellis, is very entertaining, so at least I'll take that. I've seen this movie a ton of times, and I still can't make up my mind on whether I'm really annoyed 
people really enjoy uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's Dusty character. He's a super weird, eccentric uh, storm chaser. There's parts where they're like, oh, this is super entertaining and this guy is crazy and I love it. And there's other scenes where like, oh my God, this is so annoying. I did it. Move on. So um, that's one of those things that every time I watch this, I still just can't decide, is that annoying? Or is that like, all right, I, I dig it. Thank God they were able to save the dog. Uh, when they go to Aunt Meg's house and, and save the dog right before the house um, is destroyed. You know, it would not be a 1990s disaster movie unless there was a dog in danger and it had to be saved. And another bad movie mistake, they show um, the path of the uh, debris from that F5 tornado at the end. They do a good job of saying how the tornado will change paths suddenly, and that's when it takes Jonas, uh, his car, and explodes it. But the shot that they show at the end, it's a straight line of debris. If it changed past, there would be a, you would notice that in the debris line. There's tons of other little goofs in this movie. Um, parts where there's damage in the car and a not damage. After that, um, characters holding in one hand, holding something in one hand, and the other things that are repeated twice. But again, as tacky as parts of this movie are, it is just so entertaining and that's what makes it so memorable. When it comes down to the verdict of Twister, I'm going to go ahead and say show this in class. I mean, it's about a 50-50 breakdown of what's really good and what's really bad in terms of science in this. Over the movie, super exciting, uh, super entertaining from start to finish. There's not a lot of really dull and boring scenes. That mix of those early computer graphics um, as well as practical effects still make the movie look awesome and uh, still work. Obviously, some of those CGI scenes are starting to look really dated. Like I said, that satellite uh, they show in the beginning, you can tell just looks like a cheap computer graphic today. Uh, but when it comes to the classroom, you could use this movie as part of a unit on weather, part of a unit on natural disasters. Um, you could compare some of the tornadoes in the movie to the real life events, talk about the destruction uh, caused by tornadoes recently, talk about the devastation and kind of the rebuilding process. It also might be really interesting for students to research the individual roles of members of the storm tracking team. So look at what each person does. What does each character in the movie do? What's their purpose for that team? Uh, why do they do that? Why is that needed? And I feel that as long as you point out uh, the inaccuracies of this to students and the parts that are total Hollywood magic, there's enough accurate science and it's entertaining enough that you're still going to want to show it. And if you're a student, you're going to want to go watch this on your own. You're definitely not going to be disappointed. So thanks for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. You learned something about uh, showing this movie in class or not showing this movie in class. Um, feel free to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Petty underscore science. So P-E-T-T-Y underscore science. Uh, you can hit me up with some comments, some questions, suggestions for another episode. I uh, hope to have another one coming your way soon. Take care, everybody.